This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher here. And today we are going to have a great chat with an Illini alum that is doing very well in the journalism industry, Charlotte Carroll. She is a beat writer for The Athletic covering UConn women's basketball and men's basketball as well as the Connecticut Sun and the WNBA. Had a great conversation with Charlotte who was very impressive to me uh, when she was a student at the University of Illinois. Talk about the... uh, tough period she had to cover uh, during Illini Athletics from 2013 to 2017. She covered no NCAA tournaments. Uh, She covered several coaching changes in Illinois football and basketball. Um, So yeah, she covered an interesting time, but also shaped her uh, for what she had ahead of her in her career. And she's had stops at Sports Illustrated and internship at the Denver Post. So uh, just a a very good young journalist doing well in this industry. And we dive into just with her, um, some of her experiences or challenges of being a woman in a male dominated industry and uh, covering one of the top women's programs. Uh, We talk a little bit about that. So had a great chat with her, but before we get to Charlotte and that great conversation, a little bit of news that we got to get to, and this just happened while I was talking to Charlotte and had to tweet out my story uh, as I was talking to Charlotte, uh, but I was paying attention and listening. I was doing uh, the multitasking thing, but as expected, the IHSA announces it is coming back to Champaign. Yes. After a long bid, after a long process of putting this together, Champagne is getting the boys' basketball tournament back. It'll all be on one weekend. This is a three-year contract. And I know for a lot of Illini fans, they have wanted this back. And I think Illinois learned from its first experience where they got a little complacent with it uh, in the 90s. But I think everyone is excited about this. For the IHSA, this makes a lot of sense. Peoria did a fantastic job of uh, hosting this tournament. Uh, but for a lot of reasons outside its control, both the economy downturns that hit that city, uh, the downtown area isn't as quite what it was when it comes to restaurants and hotels and all that. But also going to the four-year class system really impacted this tournament, the attendance of it, um, because it was such an event when you had two classes and they split it up into two weekends. So they needed a little jolt in talking with people about this. A lot of people thought it would go to Champagne just because they needed something new. So Champagne's going to get a shot at this. It's a three-year bid. It starts in 2021, March 11th through the 13th, where they'll have all those tournaments are going on at the same time. Just the boys, the women's, uh, the girls' sports will remain, girls' basketball, in uh, Bloomington normal. So it's coming back to Champagne, where a lot of people have fond memories of the Assembly Hall, the loaded teams from the state, great talent from the 80s, the early 90s as well. But it was here for 77 years. And it comes back to a Champagne that looks different. 
Um, the downtown area is completely different with all the restaurants, uh, bars, and hotels downtown next to the stadium. Obviously, the I Hotel, but also just a few blocks away. Uh, you got what's got Prospect and Neal. Uh, so many restaurants, so many hotels. And the crown jewel is the State Farm Center. Uh, for so many kids, playing at the State Farm Center is going to be a bigger deal than playing at Carver Arena. And that, that's no shot at Carver Arena. It's just Illinois and State Farm Center is a state-of-the-art stadium now. Um, and uh, Illinois, the last time they made this big back in t- 2015, as Jane Deleuze, who's kind of leading this effort through Visit Champaign County, th- she said it was a Dust Bowl back then. They really couldn't tell people and show people what this stadium would actually look like. Well, now they can. And Athletic Director Josh Whitman said in a statement today, we are thrilled with today's news that the Illinois High School Basketball State Finals will return home to the campus of the University of Illinois. We are grateful to the IHSA and its leadership for choosing State Farm Center and Champaign-Urbana to host the State Finals. We are humbled by their confidence in our community, which I know will come together to provide the players, families, and fans of the state's best teams a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. My thanks to many people and organizations locally who collaborated on a compelling bid and proposal. We look forward to showcasing the state's flagship university, celebrating the many virtues of the Champaign-Urbana area, and maximizing the full spectrum of amenities in the State Farm Center to visitors from all across Illinois. The relationship between the IHSA and the University of Illinois extends back more than 100 years. We're excited to continue the longstanding positive partnership many years into the future. I just say Executive Director Chris, Craig Anderson said in a statement, we see this as the passing of the torch from Peoria to Champaign-Urbana. It is bittersweet because there's an incredible passion for high school basketball within these two communities, and both have done so much to elevate the state final experience as hosts. The State Farm Center is one of the best arenas in the country. We are excited to crown state champions there once again. The timing simply felt right to make a change as the tournament format shifts in 2021. They need a revenue boost. They need an attendance boost. I think they'll get that immediately. We'll see how big of an impact that makes, but I do think people are going to be excited that it's in State Farm Center. So I do think there's going to be an immediate boost to attendance, to the revenue, and the fan experience should be really good given uh, what Champaign-Urbana and this community have really come. And for Illinois athletics, I mean, Josh Whitman has talked about how he wants this community to kind of be the center of central Illinois. And that, that's part of what the hockey arena he wants to do. He wants to boost this community. Uh, community even more and i think for peoria this was such a pride thing right there's such a basketball city and to lose lose this hurts uh even if you know it, it kind of dwindled here in recent years but for champagne urbana this is a boost to their civic pride right to have a, an event like this just like the Illinois marathon i think that's only good for the community uh both economically uh but also just your community pride and civic pride wise so i think it's a great get for them as for illinois basketball is this going to get them a certain recruit? I don't know, but it certainly doesn't hurt. It certainly doesn't hurt that kids growing up, one of their goals, besides going pro, besides playing at a, at a high level in college, is to go to Champaign to play in the state championship. You put that in their mind, right? And then you get them on campus if, if they come here for a state uh, championship uh, experience, right? And you get a lot of kids, and Joe Hendrickson said this to me this morning, you get a lot of kids from those schools to come down and, and see the university. It's not a bad thing for the university either, but uh, it's not bad to pl- plant that seed in their mind that, hey, I want to go to Champaign for something. They get here. They take a tour of campus. Maybe they meet with the coaches if that's allowed while they're here. All of that. It, it can't be a bad thing for Illinois basketball. And Kendall Gill, Stephen Bardo, so many of those guys talk about 
how that maybe played a role. Maybe it's not the one reason they, they went there, but uh, it, it played a role and it certainly didn't hurt. So that is good news for Illinois basketball. Some good news for Illinois football as well as they get a three-star commitment out of Florida. That's been the case here recently as Illinois has done really well in Florida during Lovey Smith's tenure. But they had wide receiver Patrick Bryant out of Jacksonville, Florida, where Illinois has recruited pretty well. And get a win for Andrew Hayes Stoker, who wasn't the lead recruiter for any commits last year. And obviously, Illinois needs a wide receiver in this class, many wide receivers, to reshape that room. Because you're losing Josh Matsorbebe, you're losing Ricky Smalling, you're losing Trayvon Sidney. And Patrick Bryant is a no-doubt Power 5 prospect. Six foot three, 187 pounds, big, physical, athletic. Go up and get it wide receiver. It's got some similarities in a little bit there to Josh Matur Bebe and the style and the way he plays. Not quite the verticality of Josh Matur Bebe, but can go up and make plays and win 50 50 balls. Not the fastest kid, hasn't timed in the 40 that fast, but I think he'll be solid there. Uh, but can break through tackles. I think he's going to be a really good run blocker, which is underrated. Something Sam Mays did really well a couple years ago when Illinois uh, was such a good running team. Ricky Smalling has been a good run blocker. So in Rod Smith's offense, I think that's going to be good. He's not a guy that, I, I don't know, does he walk in day one and get into the rotation? Maybe. Uh, but you got Desmond Dan, you got Brian Hightower and Casey Washington that'll likely be the top options in 2021. But he's a kid that I can see being, being a multi-year starter at, at Illinois. And his coach absolutely raves about his work ethic, his leadership. I wrote a piece uh, today on the site about that. And uh, I, I just think he's a really good kid. Had, had 15, 16, 17 scholarship offers from Power 5 level. Not all of those were committable here at the end, but to, to beat West Virginia, to beat other good Power 5 programs for him, that's a solid addition for Andrew Hayes Stoker, and I think a good get in this class. Uh, so he's a guy that I think eventually can go into a multi-year starter and uh, gives Rod Smith another weapon to develop, where you got Casey Washington, Patrick Bryant, Dale Von Campbell, We'll see with Edwin Carter how he returns from injury. But Illinois still needs more weapons in that class. They need a tight end. They need another big wide receiver and then probably a slot receiver to go along with it. So another solid addition as Illinois has seven commits in the class of 2021, slowly, gradually building momentum and slowly, gradually checking off some of their needs. You can check out all the latest on Illinois football recruiting at Illini Inquirer. We got the latest there and a lot of basketball offers going out in the class of 2022 as coaches can start contacting those guys as well. Derek has some stuff up on the site this morning. All right, let's dive into it. Charlotte Carroll, Illinois graduate, young journalist in the sports industry, sports media industry, and uh, she's got a bright future ahead of her. Loved catching up with her. She did a great job at the Daily Line. She's doing a very good job for The Athletic now. Coming up next, my conversation with Charlotte Carroll from The Athletic. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Charlotte Carroll is a 2017 graduate of the University of Illinois. She worked at the Daily Illini during her undergrad years, was the Illini football beat writer during an interesting time, Tim Beckman and Bill Cubitt, uh, before rising to sports editor there. After graduation, she interned at the Denver Post as a copy editor before getting hired by Sports Illustrated, where she was a digital writer and reporter. This past year, she joined The Athletic and now covers UConn basketball, both women's and men's. Charlotte, thanks for joining us. How are you? Good. How have you been? It's, it's great to be on and talk to some Illinois people. It's been a while. It has been. And uh, Charlotte, when you were at the DI, I, I thought you did some great work and I thought you could do well in this business. It's great to see you are doing well. But uh, before we get to where you are now, I kind of want to get in your path and uh, your perspective of as a female in this male-dominated industry and and, and just uh, covering one of the great uh, women's programs right now. But first, why, why did you want to get into this business? What got you into the sports journalism business? Well, I've never been good at math, so that kind of left out science and math in terms of uh, college majors, but I've always really loved writing, and when I got to Illinois, I knew I wanted to do journalism, but I wasn't quite sure what part of journalism, and I've always liked sports. I grew up in Chicago, so White Sox fan, uh, Bears fan, um, and an Illinois fan since my dad went to Illinois, but when I got to Illinois, I decided to join the Daily Illini, and the sports section seemed kind of like a good fit for what I was interested in and just being able to write. So I, I guess I, don't, I auditioned, or not auditioned, but uh, applied for that and got accepted. So I started off covering club sports, which was really fun because there was a lot of freedom with club sports. It wasn't like you had a particular beat. You were able to kind of explore different ones. And then I covered softball, and then I got on the football beat my sophomore season. Um, at the DI. So it's been really fun to be able to tell all these important stories, but also have sports at the center of it. So you're able to do so many different things. But at the at the core, there's sports, which people love to watch. And therefore, it's kind of fun, because people are always interested in those stories. But at the same time, there's so many different angles. You've got the business aspects, social justice, there's uh, just so many cool aspects of it that I enjoy telling. So how did you decide to come to the University of Illinois uh, to kind of pursue that? So I actually, um, I applied to a bunch of different schools, but financial aid-wise, U of I was the best option. So I was really excited at, at the beginning in terms of just like when I got down here after two weeks, I loved it. Um, obviously, the journalism program here isn't as well known as some of the other ones, but it was such an amazing program. And I knew after meeting, when I was kind of making my decision, I came down here to take a tour and I met with a couple people in the journalism department. It just felt like the right fit and I knew this was gonna be it. Um, so I ended up here and I'm really happy. I mean, I applied to Illinois, I'm a Chicago kid, and uh, I kind of went with Illinois. My dad definitely tried to nudge me in that direction. I tried to resist it as long as possible, but I'm very happy I ended up at Illinois. And I don't think I'd be in a position today if I didn't. Where else did you look at? Because uh, I, I didn't. I just realized, like, I didn't realize I should have looked more. Like, I should, probably should have looked more into Northwestern. I looked into a great program there. Sorry, Illini fans. Uh, Missouri as well. <laughs> uh, where did you kind of look? So I looked actually, I wanted to go East Coast, um, and I knew I wanted to do something with journalism. I was interested in journalism. I worked at the school newspaper, so I was interested in doing something along those lines. So I looked at BU, I looked at NYU. Um, I think I applied to Northwestern, but I applied to English thinking I would trick the system, and that did not work. <laughs> but 
I don't think I looked at, I didn't look at Missouri. I didn't look at Syracuse. Um, so it was kind of East Coast, uh, those cities. I was looking actually to be in a city school. So being in a college type campus, while I was intrigued, I suppose, I was more looking, I wanted to get continue living in a city. I'm really, really glad I got the college campus environment um, and got those four years down in Champaign. Well, Charlotte, I, I think a lot of people would say, man, you didn't get to cover a great four years at the University of Illinois Athletic Department because <laughs> uh, this was Tim Beckman, John Gross, no NCAA tournaments in there because uh, you came the year after they made it with Gross. Uh, and then football, of course. Uh, what, what a what a crazy time that was. <laughs> but but I imagine, Charlotte, that that's a heck of a student experience. Uh, you learned a lot during that tenure. Definitely. I think... I mean, this might anger the fans to say that who all wanted wins, but from a journalism perspective, I learned a lot more, I think, during this and had a lot more to show for it than I would have um, during four years of winning or four just normal years of losing. When you lose as a program, you have to, as a journalist, especially a student journalist, it's kind of intimidating to ask those questions um, after a loss. I mean, people aren't happy. They're not going to want to talk to you. So you have to find ways around that and then find ways around telling these types of stories while not writing the same thing, they lost again. They lost again. And then you also, with every all the controversy surrounding the program, we were, as students, surrounded by all these uh, national figures coming in to cover these events, which was a really cool experience because it's not every day a Big Ten program who's losing gets these big names coming in, and so you're able to surround yourself with them um, and just kind of see the work they do and how they kind of cover it. And then also we get our own like way to add yourselves into that coverage. So what was the most interesting time for you? Like, do, do you have any moments that stick out and w- which firing oh. press conference? Stuck out to you? <laughs> which one? There's so many. Um, I think coming back from junior year or coming back from my junior year, that would have been the fall of 2015. I was sitting in a class. It was actually Jean McDonald's journalism. I think I, I don't remember what the class was exactly, but we were in class, and I saw, the, I think it was right when Beckman was fired. That would have been like August or early August or late August of that year. So I was in this class, and I was like, oh, I got to go. And I was like, Jean had, I think, seen the news herself, and she was like, just go. So I was able to go to leave class and go to this press conference. And I just remember spending the rest of that, honestly, that year and terrified that I would sleep through notice of a press conference or notice of something that had happened just because it seemed to be just an entire year of not knowing what was going to happen. Do do you remember, like you mentioned tough questions and things like that. Um, I agree. Like it kind of shapes you like, Hey, I have to ask these questions. Do you remember any that you got to ask during that time? Um, not off the top of my head. Um, I think, I can't really remember, to be honest, off, off the top of my head of those kinds of things. I feel like a lot of the big media names asked those first, but we were able to watch mm-hmm. what they asked, and then maybe we asked players that or we asked the assistants, something along those lines. It wasn't always left to us to ask those questions, which was nice, but we got to be in the setting where those were asked and, right. and to learn from those those people asking those questions, if that makes sense. Yeah. How, how did that kind of prepare you, though, for, for what you're doing now, Charlotte? I mean, were you covering a, a really good program, but uh, one that's obviously in the national limelight at UConn? No, I mean, it definitely prepared me because you, when you're surrounded by a really good program, you just see the good things. 
But when you see something like this happen, you realize it's not good in peaches all the time. Um, so you kind of look at both sides of something as opposed to just seeing the good. So I think it taught me to make sure, I mean, you look at sports sometimes and athletes and it's like idolized limelight when you realize they're just people and there's all these issues that come along with stuff as well. So I think it made me more well-rounded in the fact that I don't just look at sports as something that's completely idolized. I like to look at the full picture yeah. and that those couple of years with Illinois being in so much hot water really taught me that. You're also a student there, Charlotte, though, so you want to enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> How did you find enjoyment doing all that? Oh, I loved it. I mean, I loved working at the Daily Illini, and I stayed there all four years working as sports editor my senior year, and I'm really glad I did that just because that crew, we kind of came up together. We had a really good class. Um, my friend, like everyone on the, on the staff, but particularly uh Michael Dwojak and Peter Bailey Wells, we were like a good old journalism squad. I feel like we went to every conference uh, event together. Um, so when you're working with these people all the time, they become your really good friends. I just grabbed a socially distant dinner with Michael the other night. Um, so it's just, it was a really oppor- cool opportunity to hang out with your good friends and, and have fun. And then obviously you get the work done, um, but then you can still be on college and have a good time at the same time. Well, you went to the Denver Post uh, for an internship. What was that experience like? It was really cool. Um, I Summer before the Denver Post, I'd actually interned in New York City for Field and Stream Magazine with a magazine internship program. So that was cool oh. to see like the magazine side of stuff, and I really enjoyed that. And then the next summer, I got to go to the Post, which was like a traditional newspaper newsroom. So it was interesting to see what they were facing in, in this current environment um, and fiscal stuff. But then it was also just very cool to, to be in a completely different city and see how they approach the news and, and to get to read all these different stories and get to make those connections. It was a really cool opportunity. I did mostly edit stuff, so I edited a lot of sports content. And then I also I think I had an opportunity to write something. Uh, I went to an event or something and, and was able to cover it. So it was just a really good opportunity and to do the training that Dow Jones offered the two weeks before your internship started really helped set me up for that internship as well. So Charlotte, then you get Sports Illustrated. Um, I, I don't know <laughs> if you had that growing up and, and had a subscription to that, but um, that, that's got to be pretty cool. Um, you know, I know that company's changed a lot, but what's that been like? What was that like to, to get the job at Sports Illustrated and what, what was that experience like? Oh, I loved it. I mean, I my bedroom wall still has the or door, still has the covers. They're all like tattered up now from years and years of just getting the door slammed. But I have like the D Brown Illinois cover from however many years back. There's like a White Sox one up there. So it was awesome. I mean, that was that's the goal. Like that was the gold standard of sports journalism growing up. So it was such a cool opportunity to be able to play even like a small part of that history and of that company's legacy to know I was able to put some time in there. It's just really cool. And I'm really grateful for that um, in my career, but just to work there for two years and to be among such great writers, it was awesome. What what was your role there, Charlotte? And, um, you you know, like the, the, obviously the roster of people that have worked there, as you said, was, is ridiculous. So, so to be around that, what was that like? No, it was awesome. I So I was a breaking news reporter. So I basically, I just worked in the office most of the time. Occasionally I would get to go out and do stories, which was really cool. But I covered breaking news, a lot of content aggregation, but in terms of just like putting it and making sure 
we had our own response to whatever news was happening. So I covered um, from the office. We helped out with like Super Bowl coverage, March Madness, all these events. Um, World Series was there late. Super Bowl was a fun night. Um, but then I also had the chance to write pieces that I wanted to do. So I went out for like a media event, um, got to interview Shaq. What did I do there? I covered, I helped out because I was in Chicago during the Bears playoff game in early last year, I think it was. Yeah. So I was able to help out and just do write a couple stories and then also help out one of the older writers, more experienced writers with his uh, cover story that he was working on. Um, I wrote my own feature a uh, couple, like very late into my time there that took a lot of time. So that was really cool to go through the editing process of that because it was more investigative and it was more kind of like I was saying earlier, it shows the bad side or the dangerous side of what can happen in sports. It was about um, an athlete, Braden Bradforth, who has died after a practice at a uh, junior college. Hmm. And he died, he was thousands of miles from home, and his family was just left grieving and kind of not understanding what had happened. So I was able to write that for our side after I wrote a breaking news post um, originally, August of, he passed away in 2018. So then I was on that story until... I think I picked it back up more like full time in January and then it published in June of 2019. So for something like that, it was a really great experience as well because it was different than what I was doing in my day to day. And I got to work with the magazine editors and the more higher ups to make sure it was legally vetted. And just the process of doing a story like that was very intense and, and something I hadn't done before. So that is one of the, the better experiences I've had as well there. Yeah, sure. Like there's the, there's a the part of the industry where it's kind of like the busy work is, you know, you, the breaking news stuff, right? You just post a story and stuff mm-hmm. that happens. What's it like to be a part of a piece like that where I'm sure you feel like you made a difference, right? Like th- I think that's kind of what some of yeah. us, uh, you know, some of us just want to be recruiting reporters or, or, you know, some people just want to be famous in this industry, but then there's the doing a piece like that. What was it like being a part of it? I mean, it's, it's time consuming on the one hand, but then when it's done and when you start getting those moments where you feel like you're making an impact and you or not impact, but more headway into the story or those leads that you get and the feeling of knowing just that you're able to, to put something like this together. When you see it come full circle and when it's done, you know that all of that work was worth it. Mm-hmm. It might not, I mean, this panned out in terms of a story, but it took so many times of so many rewrites it just took such a long time but it, at the end of the day it was really cool experience just to, to see it all come together and to know that it is people are reading it and people are caring about this athlete who had died of heat stroke and they're reading his story and reading about what happened and that might i mean at least make them consider heat stroke playing a part um in our child's life or in our life in the sport so just knowing that is really is a powerful thing. And that's what I love about journalism is it holds people accountable and you're able to, again, tell, tell very important stories. Charlotte, I don't have to tell you this. This industry sometimes can, can uh, give you and then it can take away. Um, you know, the Sports Illustrated had all those layoffs. And our media industry has that all the time. Uh, going through that, um, what was that like for a young aspiring journalist? It sucked, um, not going to lie, but it was also, as you said, it's just the nature of the industry, so it was something, 
it had to happen. I'm not angry about it or anything. I mean, it wasn't fun, but it's just part of life and you have to kind of learn to, to learn to live with it and know that that's the threat in any industry, I suppose, just more though, more so than ours. But also it really showed me how many people cared. It was incredible to see how many people reached out to me and to make sure I was okay and to and say they would put their word out for me or uh, keep an ear out. So I think as bad as it is to lose your job, um, that was a really, I was really grateful for that and to show that these people really, really care. Um, so that's more what I tried to take away from it as opposed to, it's it stinks to lose your job. Well, to have that so early, Charlotte, I imagine it could be like, man, I don't know if I want to stay in this, but but you stuck with it. Um, I did. Well, yeah, why'd you decide to stick with it? And obviously, it opened another door for you. I mean, I just feel like what I what I wanted to do, or at least kind of thinking going out of school, I hadn't been able to completely do that. Um, while I was able to write stories outside of my job, my day to day at SI, I wanted to try and do more reporting and more features and stuff. So I really wanted the chance to try and do that at a different publication. Um, and I just feel like if I really want to make it in this field, it would have been bad to give up. And from just a personal standpoint, I mean, I, I wanted to keep going and see what I could do with this. So I didn't want to give up quite yet as easy as it would have been, I suppose. So how'd the athletic gig come up, Charlotte? Um, it just kind of happened naturally. Uh, someone reached out, um, and then we just got to talking and interviewing, and, and it panned out very, very nicely. Um, they reached out saying they had this opening to cover UConn, so it wasn't too far where it would have been a huge move. I was living in New York at the time, um, and it's obviously UConn basketball, which is a historic program. So to have the chance to do both women's and men's coverage was such a great opportunity and, and a chance to get into more beat reporting, which is kind of what something or someone at, like my age, I hadn't had that type of experience where you're with a team day in, day out. I got that at Illinois a little bit, but not at the professional level. So I thought it was a good chance to kind of really go test the waters and see if this is something I'm, I'm interested. And even if beat reporting, I don't do that for my whole career, at least I have the experience that comes with it and the source building and all of these different things and, and just getting to really know a program in it day in and day out. Well, I think you only got a couple months of it, um, and it didn't get to finish. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what, what was the first couple months of covering Gino Ariema's program like? Oh no, it was awesome. Um, our program is a dynasty, and just to see it in action is is really cool. And to to kind of get even just a little sliver of it and a little taste, being so new, it it, it was different. Um, but it was cool to go on the road a few times with them and just to kind of see the reception that UConn has all over the world and just to be able to talk to the people that I've been able to speak with who are just such big names in the game who are from UConn Legacies and even the people in the game who didn't go to UConn. But the impact that UConn has had in the sphere of women's basketball is, is huge and even just the game of basketball. I wrote a story. It was right around the first time UConn played Tennessee in January, it was the first time they played since I believe 2007. Mm -hmm. So I went back to the first time the two schools played in 1995, and just to look at all of the names and the players from that game, and just how important they are to the game, and how important this game was for basketball was just really cool to kind of see and to get to be a part of, and to be at that game, and then to be at um, some of the men's games as well. It's it's a really cool opportunity. 
and I imagine, you know, the athletic kind of has become like, Hey, if you're a sports writer, you want to write there because you don't have to do the, 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 the daily bog down work that a lot of us have to do. Um, what's that, what's that experience of, they kind of give you a lot of freedom, right. To, to kind of dive into things. Yeah, no, I mean, I wrote a story about a dog, so <laughs> if that says uh, freedom, but it's really cool because they want the best for you and they want the best out of you. Um, so they give you this freedom to kind of do these, I don't know, weird is the right word, but different ideas um, that maybe you might not be able to do at traditional ideas. And then you also have some time because of obviously if it's a big game, you have, you have to file on deadline and I still have to do that. Um, but I have a little bit more time. It's not like I'm operating around print deadlines. So I have the chance to kind of meander around a little bit and see what I see and, and not have to rush as soon as a game is finished to get something up, which is, which is nice. And in terms of just being able to kind of see what, what's up and what's going on. Um, but it's been cool, very creatively in terms of being able to do that, which is something I was interested in. So Charlotte, um, that program, What's it like covering uh, an athletic department where the women's program seems to have more interest than the men? Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, I haven't covered a lot of women's programs. I mean, I would write occasional stories when I was at SI, but I don't, I just covered softball at Illinois as a freshman, but to cover a program like UConn that has such visibility and such an impact has been so cool to see how well-respected it is and how well-covered it has been as well throughout the past. Obviously, the industry is the way it is, and it's not always, it's not the same as it first was, but there's still a huge amount of reporters on this beat. Um, so it's really it's awesome to see it respected as it should be, and it's cool to be able to get an opportunity to be a part of this and, and to see that, that these athletes are deserving or getting the respect that they deserve. How would you describe Gino uh, covering? Is he easy to cover? Is he tough to cover? No, he's he's a great coach. I mean, you want a coach who will talk, um, and he he talks, which is is cool. He's obviously I, I don't know him very very well mm-hmm. since I just started, um, but he's he's a nice guy, and I appreciate all the time he spent talking to us at Illinois. It was it was interesting to to kind of see that dynamic of of talking to these coaches. I guess it's a little different too, because football and basketball have such different kinds of scheduling mm-hmm. limitations. Um, so with basketball, you, you obviously have your practice availability and your game availability, but they, they're just, you, you talk to them a lot more, I feel like than we did covering football at Illinois as students. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic as well, but so far great to work with and, and I really enjoy working with them with the programs. How's Hurley doing uh, at UConn? Uh, that basketball program has obviously been through some issues here lately. Yes. No, they're doing great. I mean, they're on the up. They're, they've got some good recruits that have come in. And then James Booknight is, was a touted freshman this year. He's sure to make an impact more as a, as a sophomore this upcoming season. Um, but Hurley's taking the program where fans would like to see. They're, they're very interested they're excited. They're engaged. They had a streak of five games to win to close out the season before um, all of this COVID stuff happened. So the men's program, well, it's been in like for building phases, I suppose. I, I'm very excited to see what happens next year. Hopefully they're able to play. 
As for the football program, uh, Charlotte, um, are you going to come back home and can cover the game that's <laughs> in Champaign? And, uh, they, they seem to be having some bigger issues with that program, just financially and everything. Yes. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't delve too much into football, <laughs> so I don't know if I'm the best person to, to, right. to talk to about that. Um, but from what I've read from a coverage but yeah seems to be the case yeah uh, seems to be a little bit of an issue there um charlotte just i don't want to make you try to make you a spokeswoman for all women in this business but uh what has your experience as a woman been in this industry that is male dominated and, and are you finding uh what what are the opportunities do women have enough opportunities are they gaining more opportunities in this business um i mean my experience i've started out very young so it's always been I don't know if it's, I've luckily never had anyone to my face anything horrible or misogynistic, but I do feel that pressure of having to, to be even better than my male counterparts just to make sure I don't screw up for other women who have come before me and who will try and come after me. That's just something I feel like every woman in this industry has to deal with. You don't want to mess up and, and ruin it for somebody else, which is a really hard thing to sometimes deal with. Um, but luckily, I, I've been fortunate enough to, to work with men and, and women who are very respectful, who have never done anything to kind of cross the line. So my experiences personally, I've been fortunate. Um, but in terms of the overall growth of women in the industry, I don't think it's, it's never enough women in an industry until it's 50-50. Um, I think it's growing and you see a lot more than however many years ago. But it is interesting to, to bring up Jean um, earlier just to kind of see when she was the only female in a press box situation she'd talk about in class and stuff and during meetings and how different it is a little bit now. But it's still you on the men's basketball beat, even at UConn, I am the only, I think, regular female uh, writer. There's uh, obviously TV, but then on the UConn women's side, it's a little more diverse um, and even and, and females there. Um, but still, you can never have enough women until it's 50 50. Did you have any female writers you really looked up to? Because you're right. I mean, it feels like it's more TV that you see. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, put me on the spot. I have horrible short-term memories sometimes. <laughs> well, no, like Dana O'Neill had a, had a big, you know, like there, there's yeah, some really Dana O'Neill's been great. Um, she's been awesome to work with. And I guess you bring that up a really good point is that these writers who I've looked up to and like Katie String and stuff and, and even just the SI female writers just who aren't, who aren't crazy old or, um, but like Kaylin Taylor at SI who've, who've done these awesome things. They're all amazing to kind of turn to and you know, they'll be there for you. It's a really good, we look out for each other type of a thing. And they've looked out for, for us as we've gone through the industry. UConn gets covered a lot. It feels like women's basketball coverage is getting, incrementally better especially for those top programs um do you feel like women's sports gets enough coverage because some people would say oh it doesn't get coverage because people aren't as interested but it feels like once the coverage grows the interest grows too yeah no i think you can always have more coverage it was really i also cover the WNBA, um the connecticut sun so that's what i'm kind of doing more of right now during the basketball offseason but you notice that with WNBA draft this year, they got primetime ESPN. So stuff like that really helps interest around the game. And, and I don't think there's, you can always have more coverage, kind of like you can always have more women of in, in the industry, more diversity in the industry. 
I think you can always have more coverage of it. So what's uh, what's next for you, Charlotte? Um, just just cover another season of hopefully college sports. I would imagine coming up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm hoping I'll be covering. I'm doing WNBA work and hopeful that a season, kind of like the the W or the NBA, they're talking about playing in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been up for up for talks down in Florida. So hopefully that gets going and hopefully happens. And then college sports back in the the fall and basketball. We'll see what happens with all this COVID stuff. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it just changes so much every day. You don't really know what, where to look or what's going to happen. What have you found out? <laughs> I guess I've, I've found <laughs> out a lot about myself during this, uh, just trying to create content. What, what have you found out Charlotte, <laughs> about yourself? Um, let's see. I spent the first couple, at least two months alone. I went cause I was in Connecticut and then I came home to Chicago. So I'm in Chicago right now um with family but those first couple months it it drives you insane a little bit um i'm better with stuff kind of going on it's really like i'm a self-motivator but it's nice to have those events to kind of look to around the calendar and to have things to go to i'm used to working from home i'm used to working remote but still i miss having uh like things on the calendar to, to really pinpoint your day around so I've had to, to make sure I'm scheduling stuff. I've been getting up a lot earlier. I feel like my routine as a sports journalist is going to be really have to reverse again when stuff starts back up because I've been getting up at like earlier than 8 a.m., which wow. normally for us when we're covering late night basketball games, I usually sleep a little bit more the morning after. Right. So I feel like that's reversed and my productivity at night has gone way down. <laughs> so that's been the thing that's going to have to change the most when stuff happens back, starts back up. Well, Charlotte, obviously you, uh, when you were in college, got experience right away at the DI. You set up some internships. Like, well, if, if you're talking to a person at the University of Illinois or, or somebody in high school that wants to get in this industry, what kind of advice would you have for them about breaking into this industry? Yeah, no, I think the biggest thing is consider all the opportunities. I, when I was a senior, um, well, one, I went into sports, so that was kind of an opportunity. I was like, hmm, maybe that's in terms of like sports section at the paper and then all of the things that have come along throughout my career that I've been kind of like maybe hesitant about. Um, I took that sports editor job at the DI or I applied for it. Um, but I wasn't sure if I wanted that experience necessarily. I, at the time thought I wanted to keep writing. Um, but I, little did I know that experience as an editor would help me so much. And it also was the reason kind of in a roundabout way that I was able to get this job at SI. So it was just something so so simple as that, like mm-hmm. that choice to do that, that you don't think, it's just interesting to see how your choices impact your life. But I think saying yes and being open to to all the weird opportunities and journalism opportunities that you can find and, and to differentiate and try different things as well is important to not just try and stick to one thing, even though you may be good at that, but really try and expand your skill set and do as many things as possible. And, and also you're in college make sure as you said have time with your friends have fun because you only get those years once in your life before you have to work real time well said charlotte carroll the athletic charlotte really appreciate your time and your insight and uh, continue to crush it it's been awesome to see you uh, have success in this industry charlotte thank you so much jeremy it was great talking and catching up as well 
I hope you enjoyed that. Maybe not somebody you knew all that well, but uh, someone to watch out for in this industry and an Illinois alum. Thought it was great catching up with her and getting her perspective. Thanks for tuning in to the Illini Enquirer podcast. We hope to bring you more coming up this week as more news happens and we get more great guests on this as well to give you more perspective. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our podcast. Just search Illini Enquirer podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I said podcast enough, didn't I? Podcast. Uh, you can find us there. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. That always helps us out. And don't miss out on our deal right now on the website. You can get two months of Illini Enquirer VIP access for just a dollar. The latest on Illinois football recruiting, basketball recruiting, and all our columns and insight, you can get for just one dollar over the next two months. Check it out there. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you soon on the Illini Enquirer podcast.